0: How is everybody tonight? Who knows that it's the most wonderful time of the year? Surely I'm not the only one. Come on. Yeah. We are loving this, man. Uh, getting, we're getting rid of that summer weather. Praise God into this winter stuff. Amen. And into the holiday season. We love it. Let's go ahead and stand up together tonight. We're going to open up by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America. We're going to keep believing and declaring that our nation is coming to Jesus. Amen. And of course, we're standing on the right side of things, standing with with God's people in Israel. Hallelujah. Let's say this together. Father, we come to you in Jesus name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church and school and every town, city and state of this great nation. States of America in Jesus name. Amen. Give the Lord some praise tonight. Hallelujah. You may be seated. All right, we're going to get right into the announcements. We have got a lot going on. Uh, man, we are in the absolute busiest time of year, as well as it being the most wonderful time of year. So I'm going to go through some announcements pretty quick. Uh, so take note if you need to or take pictures of the screen. And, you know, side note, a great way to stay in the loop on things is to follow us on social media. And sometimes people will be like, well, I didn't know what time this started. I didn't know what time. I'm like, well, for one, we've announced it every survey for like a month, right? And two, it's probably on social media. So we try to get the information to you, but that is definitely a helpful way uh, to stay involved, right? So uh, parents, uh, if your child, if your children are in the Christmas play coming up, uh, tomorrow night at 5 p.m., there is a practice for the kids that have speaking roles in the play. So 5 p.m. tomorrow night, Victory Hall, if your child has a speaking role in the play. And then this Saturday is our December men's meeting, everybody. Amen. Uh it's gonna be our final one of the year, obviously. Uh, so uh 9 a.m. Saturday, Robert Valdez, the man himself, is cooking breakfast, boys. What are we gonna do? I mean, come on, be there, amen. Uh so we have a good time with breakfast, Bibles, and bros. That is our slogan. And so we want you to be there. Nine a.m. Saturday, Victory Hall, right next door. And then, ladies, you get to double dip in the month of December, you get two events. Uh, this Saturday night is the Girls Night Out event at the Rock Church in San Bernardino. And, uh, that's a, it's a really big event that a lot of the ladies go to every year. So, um, you know, find another lady if you want to go carpool, whatever the, whatever the, uh, case is. Uh, the tickets are $20 at rockchurch.com or I believe it's $30 at the door, but they've got a Christmas boutique. They've got a huge Christmas service, Christmas concert, all the, uh, light show it's it's really cool i thought about sneaking in but i found out that's frowned upon so whatever okay well it's fine well we'll be okay cletus won't we We'll be alright. We'll be alright. Yeah, okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, oh, there's a big one. This Sunday night is the Start It In Me worship night. And uh, that's where all the churches and bars still get together to worship. And we're hosting it right here at HDWC. So uh, be here. It'll be um, at six o'clock, just like our normal Sunday night services. But all the churches that want to, you know, that everyone's invited, are going to get together under this roof, and we're going to be worshiping the Lord together. So be here Sunday night. Bring somebody. It's going to be great. And then uh, the December regular women's meeting is Friday the 8th at 630 in Victory Hall. Uh, bring your favorite holiday dish, dessert, holiday dessert. Amen. And have a good time with that. So that is the 8th at 630. And then. Here's another big one. We are doing a uh, pre-marital class for uh, any couples that are engaged or looking at getting married. Uh, And so uh, we've got about four or five weddings coming up. uh, And uh, we're really excited about this. But uh, So it's going to be Sunday night. And Monday night, December 10th and 11th, and I believe it starts uh, at 5, but you're going to get a text message if you signed up. There is a sign-up sheet back there at the info booth, and uh, uh, so it's just a great way. Usually we just do this individually, but there's so many weddings that we're just going to do it, you know, try to do a bunch together, all right? So excited about that. Child care is provided, and these are a requirement for us to conduct your wedding, so just so you know that much, all right? And then on Friday... Friday... Friday, December 15th, we are having a Christmas concert with Laura Cook from Tulsa, Oklahoma. And she is uh, Reverend Tony Cook's daughter. And if you don't know him, he's a great Christian uh, theologian, really, but just a great teacher in the body of Christ and uh, very well known. But his daughter, Laura, will be here. Christmas concert, the 15th at 7 p.m. And then our big annual Christmas service is Sunday, December the 17th. Amen at the 10 a.m. service, and so this is when we'll be having the children's Christmas play. Uh, they're singing. They're doing a full-out play, and it was written by Summer Crank and her daughters. They're here somewhere. So anyway, they did a really good job. I've uh, looked over it. am really excited about this. Uh, so the Christmas play, we have Christmas dinner right after service, and speaking of that, Christmas dinner. I'll bet that you wanted to bring something, didn't you? Cletus, could you pass that sign-up sheet around? Whoa, my gosh. Look at this. Wow. So, you know, we're starting to learn who what your specialty dishes are. So, you know, we, we put it down, right? So it's a big Christmas dinner like we just did for Thanksgiving. And we have a gift for every child and teen that is present in the service. We get a gift for all of them. It's a wonderful, wonderful day. And then we are doing a toy drive for the Greater Hope Foster Agency. There's a big old Christmas box back there by the info booth. So bring in uh, some, you know, brand new gifts and we're going to put them in there and we're going to make it a great Christmas for a lot of kids that it, it could potentially be a hard one, but we're going to do our best to help out with that. And the last thing, it's not on the screen, but we did. A lot of you have been asking for like a year now. So we we have ordered some more HDWC t-shirts, okay? They're coming in. Uh, I'm excited. We should have done it sooner, but... And Anyway, there's only 50 though, all right. So I'm telling you, these will probably go really, really fast. There's probably more than 50 of you that want one, but we've got sizes small through 2XL, and I believe they're going to be $15. Uh, they'll be coming in within the next week. So if you want an HDWC T-shirt, uh, you know they're coming in quick, all right. But the prerequisite is you got to act like a Christian when you wear it. So you got to sign. So you can't be, you can't be acting like foolish out there with the church logo on your sure that's not going to fly all right so you got to be acting really good for the lord all right praise god well that is all the announcements we have for tonight so who knows what time it is now amen it's happy time well you're like well what is that hey the bible says that god loves a cheerful giver so we get happy at tithes and offerings amen
1: go ahead happy 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 how many is happy (laughs) all right if you need an envelope for your tithes or your offerings uh, hold up your hand and open up your Bible to Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Amen. Luke six thirty-eight. I say about what Pastor Dave just said. And another thing, too, if you're a High Desert Word Center, Center uh, member and you go on Facebook, act like a Christian on there, too. <laughs> I just remembered a story right before I came up here. I was talking to Lawrence. And several years ago, we had a lady teaching Children's Church, up there in Children's Church. And I'd just become part of the Facebook family years ago. And I had to be going through there, and this girl was talking about, you know, Jesus, stuff like that. And then a couple posts later, it was bleep, 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 bleep about somebody, man. She bleep, bleep, bleep. And uh, the things started with the same, same first letter that faith starts with. <laughs> Except she wasn't saying faith you. <laughs> like that. And I got on the phone. And I called children's church director. I said, hey, pull that girl. I said, she's representing the High Desert Word Center and talking to our children. And uh, we can't have her up there anymore. And so anyway, if you're a Christian and you identify with our church and you're on Facebook, you'll be exposed. So just be nice. Be nice. Be nice. Act like a Christian all the time. Amen. Well, Luke 638, I was praying about a verse to share. And... Uh, I look out at the congregation, we we still haven't changed. We're still families. We're still a lot of young families. And I was thinking, Mrs. Pastor and I, uh, for a trivia quiz, how many children Mrs. Pastor and I have? Anybody know? Eight children. And with eight children comes a lot of grandchildren. And so a lot of years, when we were raised those eight children, uh, we're talking about a long time ago, Money money was... A lot lesser back then than it is now. We made a lot less per hour and things like that. And so it took faith to buy Christmas things. It took faith to be able to bless our children like Christian children to be blessed with. I mean, if there's any kids, I'll be blessed at Christmas time. That'll be Christian kids. Amen. And uh, not by Santa Claus, but by Jesus. If you want to do Santa Claus, that's okay. I'm not knocking it. But they need to know where the blessings come from. And so, I was thinking about what to share with you to help you take care of your Christmas, because things are tight right now. Inflation's up, but the Bible is inflation-proof. Amen. It's inflation-proof. When Philippians 4.19 says, My God shall supply all of your needs. It doesn't say, unless inflation's bad. It says, according to his riches and glory. But here's how you cooperate with that. Luke 6.38 says give well see a lot of people have a trouble with being a giver but if you want to be able to qualify for Jesus to take care of your Christmas I'm talking to families right now young families that are having a hard time listen to this it works because it works for us all the time says give as shall be given unto you good measure pressed down and shake together running over shall money fall from heaven what does it say shall men given to your bosom for the same measure they meet with all it shall be measured to you again and so i found out i found out the hard way i found out by living it the right way for years that Mastercard can never take care of your christmas right it ends up costing you in the long run for quite a while and all the rest of them but jesus will never penalize you He'll never, he'll never steal your future grocery money because he's going to charge you an extra $30 because you were one day late. He won't do that to you. But give it, it, shall be given. And so a little story I want to tell you how this really, really works. Before I married Mrs. Pastor, uh, when, I was, when I was a young Christian, before I got saved, I used to do all the drinking and everything. And when i come home, I'd empty my pockets out of all my change. And I had these cups, these plastic cups on my dresser. I'd throw all the quarters in one, dimes in one, nickels, and stuff like that. I had all my money built up, had 70 or 80 bucks on my dresser there, and it become like a golden calf. It's just something that I, in my shrine up there, of all this change I had. At one time I took a guy in with me, stayed with me for a week or two, and uh, got up one day, and the Lord kept saying, give, give him all that change, he needs it. And I wasn't going to do anything with it except look at it. You know, it was just a trophy. I looked at it, and so he dealt me about a day or two if I thought, man, and so really I just sucked it up. I went in there and I said, here, I'm giving this to you. And I think it was about 70 or 80 dollars. And this principle here works. Well, I was married to Mrs. Pastor like a year or two later and we'd been married about a year and we knew this young truck driving couple. They drove, they drove over the road trucks all over the United States and they were in a, the, what the part they were called the elite free, fleet. This is when computers first started getting popular, and they they hauled really specialized computer computer equipment across the nation. And so one day they pulled in our driveway with their big rig, and they opened up the door and said, "The Lord told us to give this to you." Okay, old school. How do you know what a wash tub is? A wash tub is. How many you know what a, what, a, what a galvanized bucket is? Do you haul stuff? Okay, a wash tub is about probably. Twenty times that big, this big around that deep, is made out of galvanized metal. They had a wash tub in between their seats there, and all across the nation, driving and driving. Everywhere they went they got changed, they just threw it in their bucket. They threw it in, they cut past, and they said, The Lord told us to give this to you. And so we all got a hold of it, lugged it, got it out in the driveway, and it seemed like it was about four hundred dollars worth of change. Then the Lord reminded me of this verse, for at the same measure you meet withal, it'll be measured to you again. So he brought back to us what we had multiplied over. And so God doesn't just match you dollar for dollar. He multiplies what you give. And so the, the greatest thing I can tell you for Christmas is be a giver. And then also something I learned years ago, a lot of Christians use their faith for giving. They believe God for seed to sow, but they don't use, they don't believe it for the harvest. You need to get in the habit starting to say, Lord, I want to thank you. I'm a giver, so I'm a receiver. Lord, I want to thank you. Luke six thirty eight says, if I give, it's given unto me. And that's not being covetousness. That's being biblical. Amen. Amen. And so one other time, pop in one more story. i not going to get into Pastor Dave's time too much. But, but, <laughs> no, we're coming up on December the 1st and families need help. Well, we lived out of the middle of nowhere up in Noblesville, Indiana. And trucking was very scarce back then. There wasn't very many trucking jobs. That's what I was, and so I was laid off. And I was on call for a trucking companies, might get a day or two a week, which I needed a lot more than that back then. Well, anyway, we were believing God for Christmas money, and she and she mailed five dollars to Earl Roberts. Ten dollars. Wow! I didn't know that much. Man, that's a half a take of gas. I needed gas. I needed the gas to make the 80 mile when i trip, and I got called in. Well, anyway, $10 she sold, and she said, Lord, this is for our Christmas money. We need Christmas. And so God can do it however, however, however he wants to if you don't limit him. And so one day, out there in the middle of the country, middle of nowhere, got this knock on the front door, a lady she didn't know. Turned out she is a mother of somebody she did know from years ago, but not somebody she was close with. Lady knocks on the door. It says, the Lord told me to bring this to you for Christmas. And so she had several great big bags. If all the children we have, and with us too, there's a lot of people there. There was new toys, new name brand clothes, even for me, even for her, clothes that we couldn't have picked out for ourselves. Didn't have Walmart back then. And so had all these things for us, toys, games, clothing, shoes, everything. Brought in the gave it to us. And we said, thank you, Jesus. You supplied our Christmas again. And so I'm telling you, do not put God in a box. And if you're already in financial trouble, don't go get into trouble, get more debt on you. Because it's going to catch up with you. Amen. Amen. Be a giver. Give it. It shall be given unto you. And so I'm sure most of you are. But start using your mouth. Jesus said, what well, you believe in your heart, save your mouth. That comes to pass. Start confessing. I'm a tither. I'm a giver. My God supplied all of my need. There's more than enough for Christmas. More than enough. More than enough. That needs to be one of your passwords. Uh, how you it? I got more than enough. Well, how's your Christmas going? We got more than enough. Just start talking, right? And you're going to see things change. It can be the best Christmas you ever had because Jesus knows how to get name brand stuff without costing you. Amen. Amen. All right, let's stand up and make our financial faith confession. Well, Pastor Dave, you need to go extra two minutes over. That's all he does is two minutes extra. (laughs) All right, financial faith confession. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, Settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding of money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs. So I have more than enough to take care of my family, get just in the kingdom of God, promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.
2: After you guys put up your tithes, you're more welcome to stand up here and worship with us. Come let us worship our King. And break every chain, oh God. You have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awake and alive. Oh Jesus, our Savior, your name. Break every chain, oh God, you have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awake and alive, oh Jesus, our Savior, your name. Take a bone You free every captive and break every chain, oh God. You have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awake and alive. Oh Jesus, our Savior, your name lives.
0: Lord, we love you so much. And we can sing those words, Lord, with, with confidence that you have always been faithful, Lord. There's never been a time that you failed us. There's never been a time that we were left alone, Lord, to fend for ourselves. You've always been there every single step of the way. And we praise you, Jesus. We thank you. We love you. And I pray tonight that as we get into your word, your holy written word, that you will speak to each person here. Lord, you know what each of us is facing in our own individual lives. And God, you are the answer to every single one of our situations. And so may your word have free course tonight. May it do everything that you send it forth to do. And we know that it will not return to you empty. It will not return to you void. We thank you for a good, good life-changing evening tonight in the name of Jesus. Can we give the Lord some praise tonight? Hallelujah. Thank you Jesus. Amen. Well you may be seated. Amen. Good job to the worship team. Hallelujah. Pastor Josh is I think in Charlotte, North Carolina tonight if I he told me, but I, I wasn't really listening, so uh, I saw him on the live stream a minute ago, so he I think he's in Charlotte, but anyway, so these guys did a good job filling in for him tonight. Praise God. All right, well, we're going to go ahead and uh, get into the Word together this evening. Amen. Anybody in here, you love the Word of God? You know, I mean, I, I don't just like this. I love this. This is my entire life. Everything that I have and everything that I am is based on the word of God. So I get excited when we get to dig in. Um, if there's any uh, the kids that want to, they're being dismissed to their classes, uh, second grade on up. If they're in here, they can meet their teachers back there by the lobby. Amen. Sometimes I forget to uh, dismiss them. So, all right, tonight the title is this. It's called Above All Else. Above All else. And, uh, we're gonna be looking at a scripture that I try to preach on at least one time a year. I try to preach on this scripture because I believe it's extremely important in our Christian life that we obey what this scripture tells us. And so, uh, I wanna make sure I cover this, uh, I haven't preached on it yet this year to my knowledge. So, I wanna cover this scripture tonight and it is, it's key. It's foundational for you uh to to obey this scripture. So we're gonna open up to Proverbs chapter four and verse twenty three. Proverbs four twenty-three. Fun story. I every Wednesday night I, I have a friend that pastors in Indianapolis on the west side of Indianapolis by the by the big racetrack and the Indy five hundred racetrack. And uh every Wednesday we're good friends. I watch his service it's four PM pacific time but it's 7 p.m out there well every wednesday i mean i'm serious every every wednesday of the year i watch his service and uh, i was watching tonight and his title was above all else and i was like hey all right we're on, we're on the same page so anyway was, it was cool to hear that so proverbs chapter 4 And verse 23, and, you know, each translation words this pretty uniquely, um, but I believe, uh, I I really like the the NLT on this, and I specifically like the 2007 uh, NLT on this. But let's go ahead and read this. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23, it says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Guard your heart above all else. For it determines the course of your life. And then I'm going to throw this other translation up there really quick. And it says it this way. Above all else, guard your heart. For it affects everything you do. It affects Everything you do. And so let's break that down just a little bit here. When it's talking about heart, we understand that in the Bible, usually when you see the word heart, it's not talking about the organ in your chest. It's referring to your spirit, to the, to the, the inner core, the most legitimate part of you that there is. And we understand through a study of scripture that human beings are Three parts. You understand that, right? Well, why is that? Well, we're made in the image of God. Genesis one twenty six. Man was made in the image of God, and God is a triune, three part being, right? Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and human beings are also a three part being. Uh, they're a spirit soul, and body. And we see that all throughout the Bible, New Testament. Uh, the Apostle Paul prayed in Thessalonians that your whole spirit, soul, and body would be sanctified and, and preserved until the day of the Lord Jesus. And so uh, we are a three-part being, but here's the problem. Most people focus on the most shallow, temporary, minor part of who you are. We all focus on the body, the outside part, you know, what tastes good, what feels good, what seems good, what makes me happy. And 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 you know, whatever, but that's only one part of who you are. And it is by far the least significant part of who you are. Why? Because it's very temporary. No matter if you live to be 120 years old, that is not very long. when we're talking about eternity, but your heart, your spirit, the most real part of you that there is, it'll still be in existence a billion years from now either in heaven or in hell, but it'll still be in existence. And so I don't get it why we spend so much of our time, focus, money, energy, everything on the least significant, most temporary aspect and part of who we are. And we totally ignore the part that is going to be here for eternity. Why is that? That doesn't make any sense. And so when the scripture says to guard your heart, it's talking about your spirit. Uh, It's talking about your inside, because if you're not good in here, nothing's going to go good out there. You ever found that out? I mean, you could have a ton of money on your hands, but if things aren't good in here, it doesn't even matter anymore you could have you could have you know whatever it is on the outside the comfort the the money the the whatever it is you've wanted but if things aren't right in here none of it matters and so the bible very wisely tells us more than anything guard your heart now if the bible just simply said guard your heart because it determines everything in your life i'd say well that's very important but when it specifically says above all else more than anything guard your heart and I know that this much that if I was in battle or something like I wouldn't want to get shot in the arm but I could probably survive that right Uh, you know probably if I got shot in the heart I probably will not survive a shot to the heart probably not and so as much as I want to guard my arm and you know my legs I, I want to guard those but above all else Most importantly, I got to guard this because if this goes down, my whole life crashes. And there's some people that this is not right. They're not right on the inside. Why? They didn't guard their heart and it affected everything they did. Well, I don't know why I'm so miserable. I don't know why I hate people. I don't know why I'm always this way. I don't know why blah, 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 blah. I'll tell you why you didn't guard your heart. You let greed get a hold of your heart. You let lust get a hold of your heart. You let anger get a hold of your heart. You let offense and whatever get a hold of your heart. And it absolutely, it determined the course of your life. And so do you think that if, according to scripture here, that it is very important that we guard our heart more than anything else? I mean, I know people, they'll guard their money. Don't you mess my money up? Okay, whatever that, you know, I know people, they guard their Netflix password more than they guard their heart. Don't you tap into my like, Okay, but what about your heart? Think about that. What about that? And so we're going to talk about this a little bit tonight. There is a lot of directions we could go on. I've got a whole sermon series on this whole topic here, but we're going to look at three points tonight. And, uh, and I just, I know going into, especially this time of year, the Christmas season, I believe that these are important Areas to guard your heart in, and believe me, the we could go very long. But we've got three points, but we could go to like 500 points. So let's go ahead and uh and get into the Word of God tonight, Amen. So number one, we're going to talk about guard your heart from fear. Guard your heart from. And my dad really kind of hit on this during offering time, but let's look at Isaiah chapter 41 and verse 10. Isaiah 41 and verse 10. And we're going to look at, we're going to use the New King James on a lot of verses tonight. Isaiah 41 and verse 10. Are you glad you came to church? Amen. Isaiah 41 and verse 10. So we have to guard our heart against fear. Isaiah 41, verse 10, it says, fear not. Why? For I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Man, the Lord put the word I in there a whole bunch of times. And if that was you or me saying that, that would be selfish or prideful, but it's not us. That's God talking. And that's not, that's not, that's nothing but good right there. When God keeps saying, Hey, I will protect you. I will be with you. I will guard you. I'm saying, my goodness, I'm, I'm in a good place right now. If God is the one that's on my side, amen. I'm in really good shape because according to Romans eight, if God is for us, who could ever be against us? And so this verse right here, Isaiah 41, this is a command to us. He's saying, basically, I command you fear not don't be afraid and i 've heard it said i haven 't verified it myself but i 've heard it said that the phrase fear not" appears three hundred and sixty five times in the Bible. And, you know, I don't I, I, I'd like to think that's true. Hopefully it's true. But either way, you know, that would be one time for every day of the year. Right. Uh, and even if it's not 365 times, I know that it's in there a lot of times. And so God is repeatedly reminding us, don't be afraid. I am with you. I will protect you. I have your back. And whenever we see God repeating Himself over and over again, we know that He's taking things seriously. And I can say that I never probably fully comprehended how powerful fear is. You know, you, you understand that fear is—it's a, a powerful thing, very powerful. And and I I didn't realize how powerful it was until 2020, man. Whenever fear just gripped the entire planet. And it was bad, man. I mean, it was awful. People, you know, when you're a when you're afraid, you'll do crazy things. You'll turn on your brother. You'll stab people in the back. You'll you'll get, I mean, selfish. You'll do anything, uh, to, to you know, to preserve yourself. And and it was just, it was a gnarly, nasty time. And uh, and 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 we saw fear on a whole. Other level, and there was things I didn't like that occurred, but I can say I—I I mean, listen, I didn't lose any sleep. Why? Because fear not, God is with us. He said, "I will protect you." Amen. And so, who knows that God can even protect you from disease? You know that, right? God can protect you from any enemy that comes around, and I just—I refuse to live a life controlled by fear. I'm not going to live my life controlled by fear. And I say it, and you think I'm joking, but I'm not. I'd rather die and go to heaven than live a life on earth filled with fear and torture every day. I'd just rather go to heaven than that. Forget it. And so he tells us, fear not amen so guard your heart against fear now it's one thing to get startled or a little spooked right we, we understand that it's one thing that fear comes at you we all have little moments okay we get that we all have little moments of of, of fear but i'm not talking about that i'm talking about don't let that fear get a hold of your heart it's a whole different ball game when fear gets a hold of your heart and starts squeezing the life out of you. Starts squeezing the faith out of you. I want to show you something. I mean, a lot of you could quote this verse, but 2 Timothy 1.7. 2 Timothy 1.7, you gotta know it. So get your highlighters out if this isn't highlighted in your Bible. Highlight it. Put a cute little stars around it, a little smiley face. You know, circle it, underline it. Second Timothy 1. And verse 7, amen, in the New King James, 2 Timothy 1, 7. Say it with me. Well, okay. For God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Amen. If you've got a spirit of fear, it didn't come from God. He didn't give that to you, but he did give you a spirit of power and love and of a sound mind. Fear will drive you crazy, but the Spirit of God will give you a sound mind. Good news tonight if you're crazy. You don't have to be. Look at me. I'm great. I love it. Uh, wait, Hold on. Um, I may not be the best example to use, but, but what I'm saying is this, is that God gives us a sound mind and that is a great gift if fear has tried to drive you crazy listen It doesn't have to be that way. He has given us a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. So how do I guard my heart against fear? My goodness, there's, this is a, I didn't even think about this, so I'm just gonna go with this. But how do you guard your heart against fear? Well, there's a lot of ways. One, you gotta be full of the word of God. That's how you guard your heart against anything. Anything. I don't know anybody that's controlled by fear that is also Full of the Word of God at the same time. They they just don't coexist together. And so, if you're going to guard your heart against fear, you've got to be full of God's Word. But it's also wise to not continuously let fearful things have access to your life. So I wouldn't sit there and watch the negative news all day long and then wonder, why why am I always in a bad mood? Why am I always like just so afraid and angry and I don't get it? Well, you watch CNN all day or whatever it is you watch, and there's nothing but junk coming at you because there's a lot of bad news out there. We all know that. Most of it's really bad stuff. And so if that's all you're listening to, no wonder you have fear got a hold of your heart or you know i mean i think this should go without saying but apparently there are some people that don't know this it's really stupid to watch things like horror movies and then rebuke the devil watch freddy or whatever i don't know <laughs> then you go to bed i bind you devil in the name of jesus no 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 you you opened the door to the devil and invited him into your home Like, no, he's there, all right? And it's your fault because you let him in. That's stupid. Taking your children to go, you know, Halloween's over, but taking your children to haunted houses and then wonder why they're afraid in the middle of the night, knocking on your bedroom door. I don't feel sorry for you. feel sorry for your kids, though, because that's stupid. What are you doing, man? That's letting the devil right into your house. And, you know, and then, you know, blaming other things. That's stupid. Don't be stupid. Don't, no, guard your heart above all else. Amen. All right, well, let's go to number two. Guard your heart, number two, from doubt. Guard your heart from doubt. Because doubt is a killer to your faith and prayers. And, you know, you may think, well, I've been a Christian for 35 years. Now I'm beyond this whole doubt thing. Well, you know... Just because you've been going to church for a super long time or whatever the case is, that doesn't mean that you don't have doubt issues. There was a guy in the Bible named Thomas who personally traveled and lived with Jesus every day for three and a half years. And the man doubted like everything that Jesus said. In fact, he's had a nickname for 2000 years now, literally doubting Thomas. (laughs) He's so known for doubting that. Just his nickname. I mean, wouldn't that be an awful nickname to have? Like, I've been called some things, but, you know, Doubting Dave, I wouldn't like that. <laughs> doubting Thomas, like, that would be a bad nickname to have. And so we see, uh, you know, uh, Thomas, man, he, he, I mean, he was right next to Jesus. He saw miracles. And sometimes, you know, I hear people say, I'm praying for my cousin. I just know if he were to see a miracle, that would change his mind. Well, there's a lot of people in the Bible that saw miracles and they had a hard heart. So even if they saw a miracle or witnessed something great, they still wouldn't give in. Why? Their heart was messed up. It was hard. And so in our lives, again, what's this all about? Guard your heart from fear, from doubt. We've got to guard our hearts from it. And you know, we, we see a lot of miraculous things take place around here sometimes. I mean, we see healings, we see, uh, we see God really change a lot of people's lives. But why is that? Well, we preach, not only do we preach faith, we preach against doubt. And some people are like, well, that's judgmental to tell somebody that they're down. Well, you know, only you can, you know, determine where you're at with that. But I'll be honest, yeah, there's been times that I was in doubt about something. And my prayer wasn't getting answered. And, you know, nobody wants to admit that. Nobody ever wants to admit that. But if I'm being honest with myself, there's sometimes I've been praying for something and nothing's happening. But the truth of the matter is, I have been full of fear and full of doubt. And that overcame, you know, whatever I was praying for. And so only you can answer that. But be honest with yourself. That thing you're praying for right now, are you really believing that God's going to make it happen? Or are you just kind of wishing upon a star, basically? Kind of just, well, I, it sure would be cool if that happened. I just, I don't know. That's not faith. That may sound harsh, but that's not faith. All right? Faith is the confidence, Hebrews 11, 1, that what we hope for will happen. Amen. Hope says it's possible. It could happen. Faith says it will happen. You got to have faith. I want to show you something in James chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 5 through 8. James 1, verses 5 through 8. I know we're talking kind of quick tonight, but we're trying to get a lot done here uh, in the hour of power. So, and my dad took two of my extra minutes, so what, here we are now. <laughs> I'm kidding. We're kidding. James chapter 1. James chapter 1 and we're going to look at at verses 5 through 8 James chapter 1 going to look at verses 5 through 8 and we're talking about guarding the heart against doubt so James 1 starting at verse 5 New King James it says if any of you lacks wisdom let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. And so, you know, people all the time are like, man, I just need the wisdom of God. Well, have you asked God? I didn't think about that. Well, the Bible says right here, if you need wisdom, you don't know what to do, ask God. He'll tell you what to do. He will give you wisdom. But here's here's the caveat. Here is the asterisk next to it, all right? Verse 6. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. Why? For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. And again, you read something like that in 2023 and you're being hard and mean and cruel, but that's the Bible right there. The fact of the matter is this, is when we ask God, we're supposed to really believe that he's going to do it. And it says that if you ask, but you're doubting it, let not that man receive that. Suppose he'll receive anything from the Lord. That guy's not going to receive anything from the Lord. Why? Because you're double minded I believe yeah, it's probably not going to happen. I claim it. It's probably not going to happen. I believe it. And uh, and what is that? You're you're doing this. What what do we call that? I don't know what we call that. But but what the Bible call? It says you're like a wave of the sea. You ever been down to the ocean? What what, what about that water? Is there anything stable about that? It's in and out. It's up and down it's all over the place stable is certainly not the word we would use for that and a christian that asks god and then doesn't actually think god will do anything that's an unstable person in all their ways they're in and out they're up and down they're wishy-washy and and you know it's not insulting to god to say like god i really need you to do this for me i don't think he's going to I, i i really don't uh, i mean wouldn't that be terrible if your kids came to you and asked for something and then you know next thing you know they're in the other room talking to all their friends she won't do it I guarantee it she, she, she doesn't she's not gonna do it like that would be insulting as a parent right well we don't think of it this way with god but truthfully when i ask god and then i go around it's probably not gonna happen what an insult give him a chance what an insult. Don't do that to God. He doesn't deserve that. It says, when you ask, ask in faith. And so is there any, any um, you know, anything? Is there anybody in here tonight, you are believing God for something. You need, your, 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 I mean, your faith is released. we're all believing God for for different things. You know, some are believing for money, for for some health, for some relatives, for some relationships, for whatever the case is. You know, we're all believing God for something else. But the crazy thing is, is we're all going to get these things the exact same way. Faith, believing, guarding our hearts against doubt. Now, most people won't tell you, uh, they're in doubt, but you can locate if somebody's in doubt because Matthew twelve thirty four says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so if you're consistently speaking words of doubt and negativity and, and all that, you know, your words, give it away, right? Whatever's on your heart is what you speak. And so, uh, you know, sometimes people say like, I know the Bible says this, but here I am in this situation or uh, I get it. I get it. We're, we are faith people, but this is what's going on. And, 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 and I get it. We We, we, we are in this situation, but And so, you know, we've said it a thousand times, but for every faith filled word you throw out there and someone comes back with, yes, but, you know, my dad always said it this way, that when someone says that after, after they use the word, but you're going to tell you what they actually believe, right? I believe God heals, but tell you what, I've got it back. (laughs) I have got it back. I know God heals marriages. I know God heals families. But, and then they tell you what they actually believe. And that's what I mean, seriously, check yourself. If that's where you've been at, let's fix that. We're not here to judge you on that. We're here to say, let's fix that. Amen. Who knows? We serve a big God. We serve a big God. And so, uh, you know, I've said this, uh, but, it, but it's the truth of the matter. Whenever so we, we you know, I think about in Numbers uh, chapter 13. Don't turn there, but I'm just going somewhere with this. So Numbers chapter 13, you know, Moses sends out the 12 spies to the promised land. And so 10 come back and say, oh, it's wonderful, but we'll never get it. And then two guys, Joshua and Caleb, come back and say, oh, it's wonderful. And we are going to conquer that place, man. We're going to get it. And so... There's so many stories in scripture, even guys like Thomas, where they say, I know the word of God. I know what Jesus said, but think about that, you know? And so, uh, you know, me and my dad joke about this, but some people, it's like, they say that and all I, they, they always say, but, and I, all I hear is I hear this beat in my head and it's, it's from a guy named Sir Mix a lot. I like big butts and I can't, as a, You shouldn't do that in church, but hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me on this. Why did we do that? Why did we do it? Why did we do it? They made me. They made me. Um, but but seriously, like yes, but and that's all I hear in my mind. I'm like, dude, I like my big God. Amen. I like having faith in the name of Jesus. And so, if you say I believe in God, there's no need to throw your big old butt in there. Amen. It's just believe God. If you doubt it, do without it. Someone should say Amen tonight. If you doubt it, do without it. Amen. I'm running out of time, people. Uh, I want to tell one story. See, I got stories, but then, you know, a lot of you have heard them, and then there's some people that haven't heard them. So I want to tell this story. I, I shouldn't, but I'm going to. So when I, um, I was, it was uh, 1992. Who remembers that? Anyone was around alive? Okay, four of you were, al- yes, I remember that. It was a good, good time. I was a little kid. But anyway, my mom got the bright idea to send us to Vacation Bible School to this little old country church. And it was cool. It was. It was neat. It was a beautiful church out in the country. Um, she sent us to the vacation Bible school one summer, and it was. It was. It was a good thought. It didn't turn out well. Uh, so uh, they put me in. I don't even know. I was like in first grade. Some. I don't know. And and so uh, in my class. All I know is it was about me and four or five other kids. They looked at just as miserable as I was. And our teacher was this ancient lady uh, that I believe was there for the Last Supper. I'm not, but I think she was. And so... She goes into this story and, and she starts telling the story about, uh, the, the, the crippled man that came, his friends brought him to Jesus and they cut a hole in the roof, right? And they lowered their friend down to Jesus and he heals the man. And it's an incredible story. And, and so she, she's reading this and, and finally all of us little kids were like, okay. Yeah. And and we were getting it. I mean, we were finally happy about something, and so she's reading this story, and we've all got a little spark of faith, because faith comes when you hear the word of God. And I remember it. She tells the story, and all of us little kids are happy, and she goes, But Jesus doesn't do those things anymore. I was like So here's the thing, and my I was, you know, raised in a very charismatic Pentecostal home. And I had already had cancer once and been crippled and, you know, and all this stuff. I mean, I I had a rough go at it when I was three. And so the Lord healed me of all of those things. And when she said that the Lord can't heal crippled people anymore, and I was literally a crippled person that took off running through a children's hospital, getting chased by doctors and nurses, trying to figure out what happened to this Kid with leukemia, you know, she said that and I, I was raised to be respectful, but I couldn't let that go unchecked. Amen. And so I raised my hand and I was like, you're wrong. Jesus does heal. And we got into it a little bit, but I feel like, I feel I won the debate. I really feel I won that debate. And, and so I couldn't let that go unchecked. Amen. Because listen, you need to know it tonight. Jesus still heals people. Amen. Jesus still delivers the addicted. Jesus still breaks the chains of bondage. Jesus still reunites families. Jesus does what he's always done. Well, I wouldn't say that. Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus didn't change. You changed. Amen. Jesus did not change. He's doing what he has always done. And so guard your heart against fear. Guard your heart from doubt. And very quickly here, we're going to talk about guard your heart from negativity. Guard your heart from negativity. You know anybody that's just, I mean, negative all the time? Maybe, alright, who would hear it was you? Don't, okay, don't raise your hand, Megan. It's okay. <laughs> but listen. I mean, and truthfully, we probably know it anyway, right? We know each other pretty well. But guard your heart from negativity, and there, are, there's few people more difficult to be around than a negative person. I mean, negative people just drive me up the wall. I, I don't like that. Uh, I, I don't get it. I don't like it. Uh, and I'm not just talking about someone that's had a rough day, right? I mean, we've all had a rough day and probably weren't our best self, right? I mean, I've had some days where, you know, it wouldn't have been best for you to call Pastor Dave for prayer on that day. Potentially. You know, it happens sometimes. But we're, we're, we're talking about not just going through a rough day, a, a rough little season. We're talking about negativity got a hold of your heart because you didn't guard your heart from negativity. And when you let yourself get a negative spirit, a complaining Spirit, that is a bad, bad. you're heading in a bad direction at that point. And again, Jesus said that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. It's going to start coming out of your mouth. You're going to start puking that stuff all over your family and friends and wonder why nobody wants to be around you. If someone puked on me every time I saw them, I wouldn't want to hang out with that person anymore, right? You know, either literally or... You know, figuratively speaking, with their words. And so, don't let yourself go that direction. Well, how do I guard myself? I can't say it enough. The number one way you're going to guard yourself from any of these things that we're talking about is through the Word of God. You will not be a strong Christian without the Word of God. It it, it can't happen. But it's very important that we don't let ourselves... Go this direction, and and you know, I, I, you know, here at Christmas time, we we see this type of thing. Where, listen, okay, none of us in here. Maybe you are. I, I'm not a millionaire, and so some of the things my kids have asked for, they're probably not going to get this year. You know, maybe they will, maybe they won't. And I'm not being a, a lack of faith, but I'm pretty sure my seven year old doesn't need that Tesla he brought up the other day. So, <laughs> probably not going to get it. Probably not going to happen. And and you know, but. but we gotta guard ourselves this time of year, especially against negativity. I want to look at one more verse tonight. Amen. I want to look at Lamentations three. That's a book of the Bible, yes. Lamentations three, and we're gonna look at verses twenty-one through twenty-four. But guard your heart. I mean it. Above all else, against everything. The only thing that should have a hold of your heart should be Jesus. The only thing that should have a hold of your heart should be Jesus and his word. Uh, But, you know, we we see so many things happen and we wonder, well, how could they have done that? Sometimes you see somebody that had been a good person. You ever seen that? Somebody that had been a good person just go a wrong, a bad route. Well, they didn't guard their heart. So we're going to look at Lamentations chapter 3. Verses 21 through 24. Lamentations 3, 21 through 24. And it tells us this. Because Jeremiah wrote this and he talked about, you know, there were some bad things happening to the people of Judah at this time. And so he lists a lot of those things. Then he comes to this, verse 21. Yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is His faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in Him. And there's sometimes, listen, you better learn how to say to yourself, The Lord is my inheritance, therefore I hope in Him. You better learn how to speak some words of faith, even to yourself. And that's just the fact of the matter. We've got to learn to speak words of faith. And this will help us to guard our heart. Because, you know, negative thoughts come at your mind all day long. Who knows that? You know, for all of us, negative thoughts, fear, thoughts, Anger, thoughts, doubt, thoughts, lust, thoughts, greed, thoughts, whatever, you know, they come at us all the time. We have to guard because it may land here, but it's going to come down here and land in your heart. And then it's going to come out of your mouth because whatever's in your heart comes out of your mouth, according to Jesus, Matthew 12, 34. And so it is so important that we guard it. And Kenneth Hagin said something very, I mean, just key. And I believe this is so true when it comes to bad thoughts coming at us. Because I don't care who you are. You could be a pastor. You could be, you know, someone that you think is a very holy person. Bad thoughts still come to all of us. Because the book of Hebrews tells us that Jesus himself was tempted and tried in every way that you are. And so if bad thoughts try to come and tempt you, it tried tried to happen to Jesus too. tries to happen to me. tries to happen to all of us. But I love something that Kenneth Hagin said. He said, "I, I can't stop the birds from flying in the air over my head, but I can stop them from building a nest in my hair. Right? And so I can't, you know, I, I can't help that sometimes bad thoughts are going to swirl around and try to come at me. I can help, though, if I'm going to receive those thoughts and take them in and dwell on them and let them take root in me and get into my heart. Well, how do I stop these things? The word of God, you speak the word of God. Did you see what what Jeremiah just did right there? He said all that and he said, I will say to myself. Amen. The Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. There's a lot of, I mean, this is, we just scratched the surface tonight. Very, very minimal scratch the surface on guarding your heart. Cause I wanted to make sure we still got to talk about this at least once this year, but to guard your heart, you gotta, you, you've got to get the word in there. You gotta be speaking the word of God out. Another great way is to surround yourself with the right people. Because you acclimate and you become like who you hang out with. You know, if you hang out with losers, you're gonna be a loser. And, well, you shouldn't say that. That's mean. Well, the teenagers in my house say it all the time, so I think I'm allowed to say it. I'm not sure. I'm not, words that I thought we weren't allowed to say, that, whatever. So, if you hang out with the wrong people all the time, you're gonna to begin to act like that. You come in here to this place, we may not be cool, right? But we love you. <laughs> and we love the Lord. We may not be all that. We may not have it all together. But I'm telling you right now, being in here, you're, it's better off that you're in here tonight than you are out at the club. I'm, I'll say it. It's better off that you're here tonight than out at a bar, than out, you know, doing things you shouldn't be doing. If nothing else, even if you don't like us, it's okay. You're better off here being surrounded by these people. This is one way of guarding your heart against the things the devil has coming against you. Amen. And so guarding your heart spiritually isn't just a nice suggestion or an inspirational thought. It's a necessity if you're going to live a strong life and get the joy of the Lord, the peace of God, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the entire course of your life. Proverbs 4.23. Amen. All right, we're going to go ahead and close it down right there tonight. I pray that everybody receives something from the Word of God. Amen. Let's give the Lord some praise together. All right. Very good. Let's stand up tonight. Amen. We're going to stand up together tonight as we begin to close things out here. Again, uh, we appreciate Alex and Adriana taking care of the worship for us. I'm going to have my prayer team come up tonight. If you're here and you need prayer for anything, we want to be in agreement with you. We want to pray with you tonight and uh, watch the Lord work in your behalf. I'm gonna have these guys lead us in worship. And as I always say, if you're here and you don't need prayer, good. We're thrilled for you. But there are people that do need prayer. And so, we ask that you would be reverent and, uh, and just release your faith with these guys as they get prayer tonight and worship God where you're at. Amen? So let's go ahead and, uh, and lead us in some worship here.
3: You make giants fall. You use songs of praise to shake
0: Oh, thank you. Okay. Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. Well, we're going to wind things down here tonight. Did anybody receive from the word of God tonight? Amen. Anything stupid I said, ignore that and just pay attention to the scriptures. If nothing else, just pay attention to the scriptures. I said some dumb things and I apologize. So, all right, let's go ahead. Robert needs a little help from a few, uh, good men. We need a few tables next door. So, uh, if you, if we get a couple of the guys to go over there and help Robert out, uh, and... oh, okay, alright, hey, this is easy work. He's just, a... and chairs, okay, tables and chairs, amen. And I, I always say, it's the truth though, if you're a young, single Christian man and you want a good Christian girl, show them how many chairs you can carry at church. Like, the Christian girls go crazy over that, alright? So, alright. I keep saying dumb things. Let's pray. Let's get out of here before I do anything else dumb. I don't know what's going on. All right, let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you, Lord, for your word. It never fails. We thank you, Jesus, that you've given us the instructions that we need, Lord, to guard our hearts above all else. And Lord, as your word uh, was proclaimed tonight, faith came, because faith comes when we hear the word of God. And I pray uh, for that initial spark that took place tonight, Lord, that we will uh, just let that spark turn into the fire of God in our hearts, Lord. And we know that even amongst Christmas, even amongst anything else going on, Lord, that you never fail and we always win when we do it in Christ Jesus. And so thank you, Lord, for faith tonight. And we thank you that, uh, that we are winning in every single situation. Bless everybody here in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's do our Barstow faith confession, and then we can be dismissed. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. All right.